Welcome to the latest episode of NXT Talk, where we chat about all things NXT, main event, and level up. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Boris, it's the Christmas season, the holiday season. Get ready to go home for a little bit, see the family. Uh, and we were gifted with a pretty solid episode of NXT here. This was a really good show. Yeah, it was a it was a really good show. Those, you know, it's kind of funny. Those uh, pre-tape NXT shows are always so much better. Having said that, pre-tape shows from other promotions don't always go the best. Uh, so go figure, right? But this was an excellent. Um, okay, oh, let's let's let's. You know, I'm in a good mood when I say the word excellent. In the same sentence <laughs> as NXT, but it was a uh, respectable episode of NXT that we had this week, and uh, you know the, it, was, it was it was it was good. I enjoyed it. I was sports entertained, and we have a lot to talk about on this show. Off the top, I think you know why I played the Bret Hart WCW theme. Yes, yeah, that's uh, that's a deep cut, but I I loved it. Yeah, so we saw Grayson Waller. Pull the Bret Hart, the uh, steel plate in the chest when someone gives him a spear. One of the classic gimmicks. Bret Hart did it to Goldberg in their feud that, uh, of course, did not end up going well. Hopefully, Grayson Waller doesn't end Braun Breaker's career or vice versa during this feud. But that was fun to see that callback. Uh, one of the all-time great gimmicks there from late days dying WCW. Yeah, end of days, WCW, it really was. Um, so before we, we move forward, okay, so not only are we testing out some new software uh, that we're going to be using throughout 2023, uh, but I changed up computers, so the setup isn't the same. So if the sound quality isn't up to snuff, up to par, I do apologize. In my ears, it sounds fine, but you never know what's actually being recorded. Yeah, exactly. We'll have to tweak it somewhat, I'm sure. But uh, I think it's going to be good, man. We're going to start doing more YouTube here on Riverside. I think it is right. We're using right now. Yep, we're using Riverside for now. Uh, nice little uh, uh, plug there that you did. Um, but no, it's it's a good app. Yeah. I like this stuff. Uh, Dick Xavier was the one who actually put me on this. This is what he uses for his podcast and interviews and stuff like that. And the main the selling point for me is the fact that it does 4K and it records in 4K and on the video feed, you actually have separate tracks for each person. So, for example, right now, there's one track for you and one track for me. So it, it, it just uh, it's it's better in the grand scheme of stuff. Um, it's a pretty good app. These, you know, it's it's crazy because when I brought back the It's Canon podcast, which you can find at the It's Canon podcast dot com. Um, one of the things that really disappointed me was just the lack of technology for remote podcasting. Now, I brought back It's Kind of Podcast in 2020, May of 2020. Um, so that was literally when a lot of these apps were really getting off the ground, right? Like before then, you had Skype, fantastic, kills the audio. Um, you had WebEx, which was okay, but it was a very enterprise corporate solution, right? Um, and that's when the whole Zoom revolution was starting and stuff like that, right? So, But now you have so many of these apps. It is unreal how many of these apps you have, and it's great because uh, the they give you a lot of options. Um, and, and yeah, to get 
to unlock these options, yeah, it costs a little bit of dinero, but um, you know, the, you might you you gotta you gotta invest a little to get a little, right? You gotta invest a little Julio S. dinero in order to get something good back. Yeah, exactly. And Riverside seems like a pretty good app. I've had no complaints so far, my friend. Uh, yeah, you got to spend money to make money, as they say, Boris. It's an investment in ourselves. Kind of disappointed that you didn't pick up on my Julio S. De Niro reference. Oh, I got it. I, I picked up what you were laying down there. A little, little uh, early TNA. Very similar to the dying days of WCW, in fact. They're kind of the same company. Julio S. De Niro, actually, I know him from ECW, along with Easy Money. Yeah, okay, okay, that's that's fair. I he, he was in both, but I know yeah. him from uh, early TNA actually. Yeah, I know him from uh from EC Dubs. All right, man. Uh so how are you? How is Matt? You're done work uh for yeah. the year, I think. Uh you're you're ready, you're getting all your shit ready to go home? Yes, yeah. I was actually going to travel Friday morning, but we're getting a snowstorm, so I'm leaving Thursday morning now, so I got to crunch and pack and do a bunch of stuff after this podcast, but that's fine. I'm actually excited to get home a little earlier. I do work again uh, at the end of December, but yeah, I have a week off spending the majority of it at home away from Toronto, as you could probably hear the siren ripping down my street right now. It will be good to get away from the city. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, Toronto's uh, it's just something right now. Like, okay, so we live close to downtown. Like, I say it's downtown, but it's not really downtown, right? It, it's just west of downtown, like I've said many times, because um, I am that Toronto douchebag. But it should take no more than 15 minutes to get downtown via Uber. It uh, takes 25 minutes via TTC Metro. Now, uh, I went to go pick up some equipment last night because a friend of the show, Danny Granger, asked me to produce his brother-in-law's podcast. Um, so, went home, went to go pick up some of the equipment that we use for our podcasts, um, and from our place, the, uh, the Ocho, uh, you know... Basically, Hall of Fame was where I was going, the Hockey Hall of Fame. There was a little nice little bar there where there's this a studio setup. It took me 35 minutes on Uber to get there. Wow, that's brutal. And that's just pure traffic and construction and nonsense in Toronto it was, right now? It was honestly just, just, just absolute traffic everywhere. And then I remembered. There was a Leafs game, so you got the Leaf traffic um, on top of it all, right? It was just, yeah. it was just madness getting there, man. It was, it just, it was unfreaking real. It cost me almost as much as when I Uber from our place to my parents' place in Mississauga. Wow, that yeah, that's nuts, man. Yeah, it's it's not what you want, obviously. But Toronto's a, a very busy city, and especially downtown during a Leafs game is a, a zoo. And the Leafs have been playing really well. Lots of buzz around the team again. So, yep, yep. But that's great. Let's see how they do in April. More on that on Ben. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm in a great mood, man. I'm gonna. So on Monday when we recorded, I love Bam, him. I, I was. I, I was in a weird mood, not in a bad mood, not in a good mood. I was in a weird mood. Today, I'm in a great mood, and I've been told by people that I'm more annoying when I'm in a good mood than anything else. <laughs> I, get, I can kind of see that, but I don't know, man. It's good that you're in a good mood. Let's keep that jolly energy going. We got to chat about this podcast a little bit, but how are you doing, man? How's your uh, Christmas season gearing up here? 
I have started my shopping. Finally, nice doing that. Yeah, December twenty first. December twenty first. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, got some stuff from uh, the Amazon. As much as I hate Amazon, and I don't want to support Amazon. It's just so convenient. I hate it, but. I am going to go to the T.O. Dot later downtown, back downtown like a sucker, um, because I mm. there are some like artisanal art shops that I want to visit, get, you know, for stocking stuffers and uh, and for uh, someone. And uh, yeah, like, you know, those homemade stuff. I prefer doing that stuff uh, than getting like something elaborate. But... Yeah, I was able to find some really cool stuff for my little nephews. Uh, they're going to be super happy. Uh, my brother, because God forbid he supports me in any shape, way, or form and doesn't <laughs> listen to any podcast I ever do. Um, you know, I got him. So I, that, The reason why I said that is because I'm going to tell you what I got him for, for Christmas. Watch this be like the one day he actually listens to me. Um, I got him the 10-movie box set of the Star Trek movies. Oh, nice. That's so I, I assume big Star Trek fan. That sounds like a dope present, man. Uh, you have some classics in there, some good Star Trek movies. Every it's the it's the even ones. Two, four, six are the great ones of the original cast. I liked Generations. I loved First Contact. I don't know why. I, a lot of people didn't like that. I really enjoyed First Contact, and then after that, it kind of just uh, went uh, it went the ways of Monday Night Raw. Right, just yeah, just producing content, just uh, killing time and churning out content. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much it. So I got him that. So I'm, he's gonna have that. And you know, I kind of showed off. So Danny Granger, best known for doing all that Sharpie art, friend of ours, um, and uh, he, because I helped out. He, we talked for a while, and he's been wanting to give me like a bunch of original art. You know, and, and it's the the originals, the originals, the originals, not prints, like the actual original Sharpie art. So I have the one that I posted on the SNME board, which is the the one with the Bucks and Cody, which is now, unbelievable picture, by the way. Yeah, I love it. I love it, dude. You know what's crazy? This picture with the Cody and the Bucks, it is three years old, and you can still smell the Sharpie ink. That's incredible, man. Holy crap. It, it like he does such great work. It's so lifelike, especially Cody. Not that he did a bad job on the box, but it looks like you're looking at a photo of Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Danny is so talented. He is. So short story long, because that's how I do. Um, <laughs> one of the pictures again, my brother doesn't listen to shit. I do. Thanks for the support, big brother. Um, one of the pictures that Danny gave me was brother love and juan is a huge like when we were kids he loved a brother love like he used to go around <laughs> really basically saying i love you <laughs> he's the one he's That's the hilarious. one yep, he's the one <laughs> so i bought um i'm gonna go downtown when i visit all the shops i'm gonna try to find like a cool like uh rustic looking um picture frame i'm gonna put that original art and that's gonna be part of his present that's awesome man yeah and that the brother love pick is really cool too uh yeah man just shout out to danny excellent idea for a christmas present for a wrestling fan for sure yep exactly exactly that, that i love those like for that very reason um, there's some other ones coming my way and SNME, I'm not going to say what they are because they are going to be part of future prize packs. 
Nice. Yes. We, uh, also Rodney, we have to say, if you're listening, we did not forget about you, uh, homie, the prize pack is coming soon. We were just waiting for, uh, for Godfather Agnew to get back into Canada, get back from vacation. He's back. He's back. He's just been super busy getting back to, uh, back to life, back to reality. Like the song goes, uh, but Rodney, I am going to message you. It's Christmas. I do apologize. It's just been super hectic for everyone, but we'll get you your stuff, uh, your care package, um, including the sweater and the book and the other fun stuff for winning last patron standing Matt we're yes. doing this again aren't we yeah buddy starting at Wrestle Kingdom we're going to incorporate the biggest New Japan shows at least the ones that have strong AEW crossover in with AEW and WWE and NXT and Ring of Honor so last patron standing season two boris season two by god two times two times it starts january 4th 2023 and you must be a tier two patron at sunday night's main event radio to play but all are welcome if you are yep exactly exactly uh I'm trying to remember who won season two of survivor it was a check uh, I know that oh, the, 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 the cowboy guy ended up in second, and he basically gave the game away to the winner. Oh, yeah. Colleen was her name? Yeah, I think was so. It? Yeah. Yeah. I, By the way. I totally remember that. Speaking of Survivor, because like we share the DVR, right? Um, uh, last season, was it season 40? Yeah, season 42 of Survivor. I just randomly started watching it. Dude, so good. Like My sister and I watch that together now. Nice, man. That's really cool. Yeah, my one roommate is super into it, so we watch it. Sometimes we do a pool, although I wasn't into it this year. It conflicts with Dynamite. I uh, I actually like I have to not watch Dynamite live because they're watching Survivor on the TV, which which is fine. You know what I mean? But uh, I, I I'm not I'm not the most into Survivor, but when I do watch it, it is very entertaining. I was super into the first few seasons when I was like Same. twelve or thirteen. The first ten, I was super into. Basically, up until they did the first uh, iteration of Survivor All Stars. Yeah, I think I watched All Stars, and that was basically where I tapped out as well. Same. I think that's accurate. Look at that. Look at us. <laughs> Look at us. Oh, Survivor Bros. Okay, well, speaking about uh, ridiculous content that probably should never have occurred. I think before we start the NXT podcast, we have to talk about Edris Anofe's tattoo. <laughs> That's a thing, isn't it? That's a real thing. So uh, on Tuesday, Edris Anofe posted a video on Twitter of himself getting a WWE logo tattooed, a large one tattooed on his chest. Uh, so man that's a flex that's that's weird it was actually funny samantha irvin who is uh the wwe ring announcer uh posted i believe it was and if you'll excuse my language what the fuck are you thinking bro <laughs> lol or something to that effect on instagram publicly like i laughed out loud when i saw samantha irvin's comment it was so funny but yeah malik uh sorry partner of malik blade Edris Anofe really putting a lot of a lot on his uh, chest here. This is crazy. Dude, he's also it, come out. He, sorry, he's also come out and said he's going to get an NXT tattoo on his neck on his birthday. Holy crap, man! This guy better not get released before that. Um, <laughs> like, come on! Can you imagine when he's? I'm gonna make the same joke I made to you because I thought it was hilarious. You have no idea how much I was laughing when I said this. Can you imagine? <laughs> 
when Edris Inofi is fighting Leon Ruff on AEW Dark with that huge ass uh-uh. WWE tattoo on his chest. <laughs> that hurts. That hurts my feelings. I miss Leon Ruff. I am the Leon Ruff truther. I am his biggest fan. But it's, yeah, yeah, that's and it's a good line. <laughs> is his biggest distractor. Yeah, it's a, it's really funny. Detractor. One day Yorkie and detractor. Detractor. I'm a distractor. Yes. Yes, exactly right. Oh, man. But yeah, crazy, crazy move by Edris Anofe. Good luck, young man. Like, hopefully you make the main roster and have a long career in WWE because otherwise, brother, brother, it's going to look pretty ridiculous. I'm sure it looks ridiculous on the best day. It already looks ridiculous. Dude, like, what happens? Okay, let's just, like, all joking aside, let's say things go belly up and for his tenure in wwe and he tries to go to tony khan and get a job right like are they gonna make him cover it up legit yes or he'll have to like get it removed or covered up with a different tattoo himself like yes they can't have a wwe logo just out on aw tv or whatever it is i can see like especially the old regime of wwe like pursuing legal action over it legit yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy that like we haven't heard any repercussions. Like, I hope he got it cleared. I hope he got that cleared by someone. I don't know if he did. Maybe, maybe he would have the foresight to ask uh, Shawn Michaels or Triple H. But I, I kind of feel like somebody who would do it would just do it. You know what I mean? True enough. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe but I'm it's wrong. Crazy because like, I, I, I know that some wrestlers have to ask permission to cut their hair, basically. That kind of makes sense from a traditional wrestling standpoint, although like in the real world, that's that's absolutely patently absurd. But just from the Jim Cornette mentality of selling tickets on a hair versus hair match, right? Like I kind of get that. But also, yeah, it's absurd. Yeah, there's a lot of absurdity in this crazy sport that we <laughs> call professional wrestling. Oh, my God. Why do we do this? I, we do it because we love it. I really do. I really do. Um, like even in even in frustration. I absolutely love it. Um, but there is that line, right? And I call it the jacket time line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, jacket. Let's the less said about jacket time, the better. That was a terrible, terrible gimmick. But yeah, no, the, some some of uh, while wrestling is usually bad. The best wrestling is up there with my favorite art on the planet. Honestly, I'll call it art. I'll go that far. And sometimes you have crazy assholes like Edris Anofe tattooing the WWE logo on their chest before they're even on the WWE main roster. It's just a hilarious business to follow. I just love it so much. The one thing, okay, before we get you know to the actual point of this show, um, one last comment, at least for me, is we have to remember these guys are still, these guys and gals, they're still fans first. A lot of them, yes. Not all of them. No, no. A lot of them, yes. Obviously, Edris Anofe is a huge fan. And, you know, he's a young man. Like, he's living his life. He's got money. He doesn't care what I think, nor should he. But, yeah, it's it's a flex and a half, buddy. Oh, my God. But, yes, no, that's true. This is obviously a fan of wrestling. You're not going to get WWE tattooed on you uh, unless you're some kind of a fan of WWE. Uh, Yeah, well... I think it's time. You know what this means, Matt? It's time for us to get the S enemy tattoos on our asses. <laughs> I'm gonna respectfully decline, but uh, <laughs> not for, not for lack of enthusiasm, buddy. I'll tell you that. Oh man! By the way, your camera's <laughs> off. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so 
I think we've wasted enough time, 20 minutes to be exact. We should get chatting some wrestling. But before we get to NXT, we should chat some level up and main event. And this is all you. Yeah, dog. So, again, we're not going to give really full reviews because I kind of watch these shows in the background. Uh, and, and they're not really designed to have great matches. If there is a, a crazy great match, I'll let you know. But, yeah, it, it was cool to see some different people here on uh main event and level up so main event has basically become nxt and or random indie wrestler versus a low level main roster combatant usually dana brooke or cedric alexander <laughs> so it's essentially wwe dark yes it's exactly wwe dark it's basically cedric versus nxt or dana versus in this case brianna ray who is kylie ray making what has to be her wwe quote unquote main roster debut i think she showed up on nxt once or twice but i don't think she's she been was, even this high she did show up on nxt for a few episodes around the time of the may young classic because she yes. wasn't the may young classic Yes, I remember that. But yeah, Brianna Ray. So she comes out doing the exact Kylie Ray gimmick, the entrance, you know, the the slide into the ring and the plank, super enthusiastic. And then she works the match as a heel. What? So that was she worked the match as a heel and Dana Brooke was the baby face. It was it was an evenly matched uh, battle, but she was, you know, the uh, she was slowing it down. She was holding uh, Dana in hold. She was the aggressor. She was complaining to the ref. She was the heel. In this wrestling match it was kind of it was very strange not what i expected at all a, a solid effort but yeah they they weren't quite on the same page like i don't know uh, brianna brianna did her best to be a heel and i i i think she uh, she obviously has a real spark she's a very talented wrestler but yeah this was just a weird decision booking wise interesting i hope that that's not the plan for her to have her heel you know especially like because then she's literally following the career path of Bailey, which a lot of people already compared her to Bailey to begin with. Absolutely. I think uh, her versus Bailey is a, a natural feud. That makes a lot of sense. I think she herself cites Bailey as her favorite wrestler and like a huge influence, and you, you can see it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Interesting. That's interesting. And I hope that this was just like a, a test bed or something, right? Like, I hope that they don't actually do keep her as a heel. Because, like, again, this is classic WWE. It's so hard to find natural baby faces. Uh, so let's just let's just take someone with actual charisma, turn them heel for no reason, and they have no clue how to be a heel, i.e. Tony Storm. It's like... Can you imagine if they, when the inevitable happens and Roxanne Perez is turned heel? Uh, no. Hopefully it's not going to happen. But yeah, Vince McMahon would have turned her heel in six months. I totally believe that. Uh, so yeah, Dana Brooke wins this match with a swanton bomb. I guess I guess that's her finisher now. Uh, really? and uh, I, yeah, that, <laughs> it's a real thing. That is a real thing that happened. Oh, damn. Okay. Uh, another uh, NXT versus main roster match here. Edris Inofe and Malik Blade, Edris pre-WWE logo tattoo versus Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. Another slightly weird match because before the match, uh, Ali goes into Cedric's locker room, cuts a promo about being frustrated. Don't you just want to say 
don't you just want to give up on being a good guy? Don't you just want to say screw it and just, you know, kind of be a heel? Basically, is the promo that Mustafa Ali cut and Cedric was like, man, like we all go through higher times, buddy, but you're a good guy. Stick it out. So I was almost expecting Ali to cheat or do something heelish, but I guess they're going very, very slow burn on this main event angle because Cedric and Ali win clean as a sheet in seven minutes and one second. Uh, Cedric hits the Michinoku driver and then, uh, Mustafa Ali hits a 450 splash on Malik Blade to win that match. So that was a pretty good match, like seven minutes. It was it was definitely the best match on the main event show. Cedric and Mustafa looked better than Edris and Malik, but they looked fine. Yeah. Interesting. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yes, sir. Yeah, so it, always cool to see uh, guys getting a shot on the main roster-ish, and it'll be interesting to see how they keep doing and who they keep putting on the show on main event. I'm always excited to see who actually gets on there. So Thanks. let's go level up real quick. Yes, yes, yes. Level up. Uh, the Dyad defeats Bronco, Nima, and Lucian Price. Those are the, the two big dudes who come out in, like, uh, army vests, sort of similar to a shield look. So, yeah, the Dyad, uh, Rip Fowler and Jagger Reed defeat them with a, uh, I, I think they're using a double code breaker now as mm. their finish. Like yep. they both do a code breaker to the guy. Yep. That's what they're doing. Yep. Uh, a kind of modified FTR finisher. Yes. Somewhat. Yes. Yeah. So the Dyad, they do that to Bronco Nima and pin him. Uh, next up, Two Ivy Nile. Yes. Sorry. Go ahead. Before we move on. Number one, uh, I don't understand why the Dyad are known as a dyad. Just call them schism. It gets very confusing. That's a personal thing. Number two, the what was the other team's name? Uh, they were they didn't have a team. They a, a team name. They were individually Bronco Nima and Lucian Price. Right. So they're authors of pain too, basically. Yes. Yes. That's the they're, they're the illustrators of pain. <laughs> I love <laughs> Yes, thank you. I also agree 100%. Yeah, just call just call a schism the schism. They don't need to uh, separate schism into sub schisms. Next up, Ivy Nile versus Lash Legend. Ivy Nile wins uh clean with her behind the back dragon sleeper. Fun fact, Ivy Nile is 13 and 0 on level up. She has never lost a singles or tag match on level up. She is the Babe Ruth of wwe's developmental developmental show jade cargo move over yeah right she's coming for you jade uh <laughs> main event of this show javier bernal and zion quinn versus andre chase and duke hudson uh javi and zion cut a promo i actually liked zion a lot in this promo because uh they were with they were with old Kelly Kincaid backstage, Javi doing his regular thing. And then he said something to the effect of Zion, like, me and you, we're a lot alike. And Zion was like, you think we're a lot alike? And then Kelly was like, oh, you kind of are a lot alike. And Zion was like, wait a minute, you think I'm like this guy? And Kelly was <laughs> Kelly kind of shrugged. And Zion actually looked sad and was like, this might be character development. Maybe he's not going to be just a generic heel. Maybe he'll go back to being a baby face and that could be something for this guy because he's falling down the depth chart in NXT. So I actually kind of like that. It was kind of a little bit of intrigue for Zion Quinn's character. Uh, Andre Chase and Duke Hudson beat the shit out of these jabronis and win with the Fratliner. That's basically how this match went. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, Zion Quint, I don't know. Let's like, you know, you know that whole bit in The Simpsons where you can spot the exact moment where Ralph got his heart broken. It's like we could yes. spot the exact moment where Zion Quinn's career ended. 
Yeah, and it was the dance-off with Mr. Stone. Oh, my God. I still can't believe that was a thing. It was one of the worst segments I've ever seen on a professional wrestling show. Just abysmal. All right, cool. So uh, that didn't sound too bad, actually, for a show. No, I, I didn't mind level up, and I'm always intrigued by main event. Though the matches kind of suck, I still like to see who they're pairing against who. So, yeah, I, I, no complaints. It's a quick little, like, hour and ten-minute watch for me to oh. knock these out in a chunk. All right, this is probably the longest it's ever taken us to actually get to NXT, but let's get to it. NXT pre-tape from December 14th aired December 20th on the USA Network. Before we get to it, one last piece of business, my friend. As the Young Guns, we're done with star ratings. Every week, we do rate matches, but we have a, a unique rating system. I like to call it the U the rating system, the jewel, and it reflects something from the show happening in our lives. You know, it's just something something to get the brouhaha's going. Uh, so I have zero ideas this week. What are you thinking, Matt? Uh, yeah, same. I have zero ideas. Uh, let's go with something Christmas themed. The best Christmas specials have we done that recently? I think we may have actually. No. Why, when when would we have done that? Uh, maybe it was an idea that I had that we haven't pulled trigger on yet. So let's go best Christmas specials, Boris. So you know, like Frosty's out of five, etc. Parumpa pump pumps out of five. It <laughs> <laughs> feels like an insult somehow. <laughs> Well, Vaughn, okay, so let's start with this. Number one, instantly this show gets four stars, four uh, 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 freaking Santa Clauses out of five right. from me for the simple fact that Vaughn Wagner wasn't on the show. <laughs> harsh, harsh, but not entirely unfair. And we're, we're, we're saying Christmas special, so, so Santa Claus uh, with the E starring Tim Allen. That's what, just to clarify. Yes. Exactly. For the listeners. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> This, this is important stuff, Boris. This matters. <laughs> you let me say anything I want, but as soon as I fuck up your rating system, you put your foot down. I love that. <laughs> I love the dedication to your gimmick. <laughs> Gotta stay true to it, buddy. Gotta stay true to it. Sorry, sorry. I we we're we're way off the rails. Let's fucking let's put this fucking streetcar back down the center here. All right, so yeah, it's a streetcar named Desire, and the show starts off with Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams versus Axiom. Okay, first thing I thought when I saw the entrances is you give Axiom some of the best ring gear known to man. Did they run out of luchador budget for scripts? <laughs> I feel like Scripps maybe had some input in his own costume. I don't know. Then again, he did look so depressed the first time you saw him in that mask. Maybe he didn't. That's a really good question. How has Scripps uh, fallen through the cracks so badly? How is his gear such shit? Yeah, but and but honestly, Axiom, he's getting he's getting the cheers. He's getting he's getting that crowd reaction, and you can tell that he's having fun playing this character. I don't. You know, here's the thing. It's too comic book. It's too cartoony for my liking. But I hope that they can do something with this Axiom character. Because, uh, you know, A-Kid is just way too talented uh, to to be wasted. Um, and this match proved it. This match was so effing good. I had such a fun time watching this match. And this match really set the tone for the show, in my opinion. 
Yeah, absolutely. I can't argue that at all. This was a very, very strong match. Both guys look great, but Axiom is awesome, man. The, the Axiom is going to get over uh, promo skills aside, character aside, although I do kind of like his character. He's <laughs> no. going to get over if you give him ring time. He's going to get over if he cuts promos like he did last week. Look into my eyes. Read my lips. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's better it's better than a 15 minute serious monologue it, it, it'll it'll do it will do but yeah what you need to do with axiom is put this man in the ring against other good wrestlers and he will get over and that's what this was yep all right so axiom hit mellow with a top row frankensteiner axiom was setting up for the golden ratio but mellow called the referee to him trick williams slammed axiom on the mat while the ref was distracted mellow hit axiom with a code breaker and a top rope scissors kick for the win in 12 minutes 35 seconds that was the match it was so good we saw kimuras in this match uh you know we saw deadlifts we saw bouye strikes we saw so much cross faces roll-ups uh but this match was a lot of fun and kudos to nxt for giving them the time after we complained i complained at least that nxt doesn't give matches enough time yeah this was uh a rededication to the in-ring product in some ways on this NXT show. I feel like the taped shows, they just kind of let the guys go and they'll edit out any botches or whatever. But yeah, this was a really good match. I quite enjoyed it. Got a lot of time. Uh, Trick Williams interferes leading to the finish. Like you said, code breaker, huge code breaker, which was awesome. Axiom took an excellent bump for it. And then the top rope Booker T, that top rope axe kick. I'm going to go three and a half Grinches out of five for this one three and a half how the grinch stole christmases yeah that that's perfect axiom hit nails trick with an acai moon salt at ringside after that and just like the grinch my heart grew many times its size as the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling Mackenzie mitchell interviewed grayson waller waller said that roxanne perez inspired him to call out braun breaker this week Mackenzie asked waller if he's serious Waller said he is. Mackenzie said that Breaker's on a media tour. Waller said he knows that Breaker is watching USA on his smartphone, and he calls out Breaker, calling him a bitch. And I bet you, you thought I was going to say something very different when I said a body part grew X times larger. <laughs> yes, let's just move on. Let's just steer completely clear of that. Yet another good promo from Grayson Waller. <laughs> Well played. <laughs> Tony D'Angelo and Channing Lorenzo were hanging out in the Performance Center break room. D'Angelo just got off the phone saying he got himself a North American title shot next week. D'Angelo ordered stacks to tell Dijak not to interfere. Grayson Waller was walking around saying he's looking for Breaker. And that's the, 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 the theme of the show. Grayson Waller just wandering like a wanderer. Wandering around looking for Braun Breaker. I love that heel move, knowing that Braun Breaker is nowhere near the arena or the performance center or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. Grayson Waller just completely being in his own planet, not giving a shit about anybody else. The show is entirely about him in his mind. And I love that. It was it was a really funny little running gag in this episode. Yep. And and it's a running gag. So, you know, oftentimes, remember like when the way was along. Uh, was around and they were all on tv a lot like three four segments it got pretty boring because it was the same gag over and over that three that that throughput gag right but yeah they did a great job with this one 
Uh, I found the uh, the issue with the way a lot is that they went way too long. They went way too hard. They were a little overindulgent with the uh, with the way promos. The therapy one is the one that stands out where it just wasn't hitting, and, and they just went to it and went to it and went to it. It reminded me of the uh, the complete polar opposite of the Always Sunny episode where they all go to therapy because every single one of those is so great it leaves you wanting more, and it was the exact opposite. But this was just a little bit just sprinkled in throughout the show and that's why it worked yep all right zoe stark versus nikita lyons was next nikita lyons improving week over week and this was again another half decent to good match no this was a i thought this was a very good match i actually thought I, it was it was a strong NXT, but I would say it was on the level of the opener, man. Honestly, like yeah. uh, Zoe Stark is awesome. She's such a good wrestler, and uh, they structured this match really well. I believed it as uh, uh, two combatants who actually hate each other. It wasn't a dance; it felt like a fight, and it left you. Uh, there's there's a clear path for a sequel or two or three here, you know. Yep. Stark escaped the fireman's carry, hit Lions with a super kick, a beautiful looking super kick. Um, Lions then hits Stark with a back elbow. Stark comes right back and hits Lion with an overhead kick for a two count. Lions then hits Stark with a punch and Samoan drop for another two count. Nikita then caught Lion or Nikita caught Stark with a super kick. Both women trade roll ups. Stark grabbed the bottom rope for leverage to taint the win. In five minutes, 23 seconds. Yeah, so I mean, five-minute match, but still perfectly fine for the five minutes. And I, I like the structure and the finish so much because Zoe... Uh, was giving it to Nikita, but Nikita was giving it right back, man. She hung in with Zoe every single beat of the way in, though, while Zoe did out-wrestle the rookie. She had to cheat to actually get the win. So this was a match that actually I, I, I liked the storytelling more than the action, you know? So I'm going to go three and a half for this one. Be generous. It's Christmas. Three and a half Charlie Browns out of five. 70%. It's a B for the ladies. Good stuff, and I can't wait to see it again. Zoe Stark is impressing me weak over week she's awesome week as a heel like i'm really liking her heel work yeah she was a good like babyface wrestler but she's actually better as a heel i think she's more suited in the ring to be a heel yep and who better to put nikita alliance in the ring with than zoe star right like that's exactly what nxt is for so really hope that nikita lyons is kind of soaking it all in uh as she faces zoe stark uh both on tv and in the florida loop Yes, yeah, absolutely. They have good chemistry. It's a good pairing. I can't add anything else, man. Good call. The hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is with Cora Jade. Jade was arguing about Roxanne Perez becoming champion. Wendy Chu attacks Jade, and the two women brawled. Wendy, she mad. This feud must continue. Yep. Toxic attraction make their entrance. Briggs, Jensen, and Henley were hanging out at Henley's bar. They were still worried about paying off bills of the bar. Jensen tried to remain positive and talked about how they're going to become future champions. Because, you know, paydays are larger when you're champions. I wish they added that line. I just love when they say stuff like that. Absolutely. Great note. Should have thrown that in. Kiana James and her busty secretary showed up. <laughs> 
James talked about how she bought up all the debt the bar owes, and there's a lien on the property by the bank. James talked about how she's in process to buy the property outright. Hanley called James a bitch. Jensen looked conflicted between his friend and crush. Henley challenged James to a match where if Henley wins, James has to pay all of the debt and not take the property. But if James wins, Henley will sign over the bar without James having to pay any more money for it. James said she'll see Henley next week. It's the battle of the bar. So she's it's obviously is a ridiculous storyline. Kiana James just rolls in with friggin' xhamster.com over here, just the porn secretary to end all porn secretaries. And they just decide to have a match for this bar that for some reason we're supposed to care about. But whatever, it's pro wrestling. This was the, the good kind of wacky, but boy, this is wacky. This is some wacky pro wrestling storytelling here. Well, there's going to be a lot of wacky next week during that. (laughs) Next match is probably the match that surprised me the most, and it was my match of the night. Yeah, same. And Katana Chance versus Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley versus Toxic Attractions, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane, a three-way for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. Yeah, man. I don't know if they just edit it really well or like what the heck happened here. But yeah, all, all five out of the six women uh, really delivered. This was awesome. I thought Gigi had a bad night again in the ring. I, 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 would, I don't okay. know. I would Maybe I'm being harsh. You are being harsh. You are being harsh. Take okay. that back. Take <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Boris and Gigi. <laughs> Um, no, but she she was the worst out of the six, but also she didn't get a lot of ring time. She was more That's distraction true. and she was more cannon fodder than anything else. Like she was always the person who they did a blind tag on or the person that they threw outside or the person who tried to write distra- a distraction and, you know, she got uh, she got hit. Right. Like she she really didn't play a huge factor into the match. But you know what? I wonder if she's still not quite 100% healthy, man. And I wonder if that's because you're exactly right. So, yeah, you know what? I I cheerfully withdraw my criticism of Gigi because that that is exactly what happened to her in this match. And I bet that's because she's still not quite 100%. Yeah, exactly. Um, all six women take each other out with super kicks. Dolan and Jane worked on Nile with alternating strikes. Jane hit Nile with corner splashes. Uh, Nile avoided a cannonball and tagged in Paxley. Nile tossed Paxley on Jane for a two count. Jane hit Nile with a neck breaker. Chance tagged herself in, dumped Jane to ringside, and hit Nile with a neck breaker. Nile recovered and Carter tagged in. Carter reversed a dragon sleeper into a jackknife roll-up for the win to retain their NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Honestly, excellent, excellent match, excellent storytelling. And while it was your traditional WWE uh, multiple uh, team like three-way match where there's only two people in the ring and madness happens and shit like that, they did a really good job of mixing stuff up. Uh, yeah, a thousand percent. Just all action, lots of fun, two awesome spots. Uh, it looks like Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley have a new move where 
uh paxley goes to the top rope ivy nile's gonna give her like an iconoclasm if you know the move like the arms clasped slam from the uh ring from the ring down from the top rope right so uh, ivy nile standing in the ring tatum paxley on the rope grabs her hands and she flips tatum paxley into a corkscrew moonsault on her opponent it just looks really really cool that could be their tag team finish i like that move even cooler than that move was a super duper frankensteiner Caden carter has tatum paxley on her shoulders on the top rope and katana chance does a frankensteiner off of the top rope off of the shoulders i think the lucha brothers do this move a lot you see it in aew but yeah that could that could easily be caden and casey's finish caden and katana's finish sorry yep agreed agreed how would you rate this match my brother lots of good action lots of fun i think it's uh i think we're gonna it's a it's a generous christmas episode boris it's a great match we're gonna go four emmett otters jug bands out of five for this one buddy all right, so as we get the next promo, it was a promo for Oro Mensa, and he loves nightclubs and having a good time, and all I could think was this wrestler, who I will play the theme. Oh. Honestly, this is all I could think of. Yeah, das ist gut, yeah. <laughs> this guy was the best. Dance, just dance. <laughs> you know, oh I always, man, I, I, I actually like—I I, I liked Alex Wright. I did too. <laughs> when I hear that theme, I just think of the episode of The Simpsons uh, with when they recover the World War II. Arc. <laughs> hey, fun boys, get the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, Mark Chanel me the odd things. <laughs> yeah, I find uh that's that's I love the Simpsons so much. Man, yeah, that's uh Oro Mensa is now Alex Wright, just dancing in a nightclub being cool. He needs to start raving with Caden and Katana. Yep. What's the tag team name you gave him? Uh the MDMA three or M3MA. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh lordy oh this next this next segment was actually my favorite thing on the show by a wide margin i like this a lot oh this is great this is the best booker you're gonna get and i mean yes he not person who tells (laughs) yes very good yes booker t sits down with roxanne perez in emotional heartfelt sit down interview booker t said that roxanne is the one like the matrix Booker asked Roxanne for her thoughts uh, about the night that she won. Roxanne talked about uh, being completely overwhelmed with emotions. She talked about telling Booker at uh, ROW that she wanted to be in WWE, and currently she's champion in WWE, therefore living out her dream. They showed a picture of Roxanne as a little kid being a wrestling fan. Booker asked Roxanne why she asked for the title shot a month earlier than scheduled. Roxanne talked about how Booker told her to bet on herself, and she bet on herself by going for the title after Mandy attacked her from behind. Booker congratulated Roxanne again. Perez then asked Booker if he has more advice. Booker talked about how he was always about checks and championships. Booker told Roxanne to go out and win, make history, and become a Hall of Famer. I loved that. Like, I love the rub that Booker is giving to Roxanne Perez, that legitimate, like, you're going to be a star. 
Absolutely, man. And we say this all the time in the podcast, but wrestling is fake. When you can get something real in wrestling, you got to capitalize on it because that's always the best stuff. And this is real. This is a real story. Roxanne Perez really went to Booker T at 16. Booker T really said, you are the one. Yeah, he he looked like a proud papa here, and he was. He is he is the the wrestling papa of Roxanne Perez. This was just so nice, and it culminated in saying like you 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 scaled the mountain, but now the work begins. And it was just a perfect baby face promo. Made you like Booker T more. Made you trust him as the voice of NXT a little bit more. Because hey, say what you will about his wacky commentary and the shucky ducky quack quack, but he trained Rock. Sam Perez he discovered that girl that gotta count for something yeah exactly that's that's exactly could, have, could not have said it better myself um there was something I wanted to say and it was actually hilarious oh yeah so what's interesting about all of this was I noticed and WWE this might be regime changes but I think it's more the attitude about how things went down when someone typically gets released from WWE they don't mention them. They don't show them. They go out of their way not to talk about them, name names, or any of that, right? But even in the opening vignette, the opening intro, uh, the flashbacks, even in the Booker T, Roxanne Perez, they had time to edit this, but they left all the references of Mandy Rose. Yeah, showed her a number of times, referenced her a number of times. Uh, we're respectful, didn't bury her. So yeah, I'm sure they want her back. I honestly think, man, they just, they thought her, her thing was getting a little risque and they politely asked her to take it down. And she politely asked them to go fuck themselves and made $500,000 last week. Apparently like since she's been released, she has apparently made $500,000 on this thing. So she's not making that much money in WWE. Go get that bag girl. That's exactly it, right? Like, and like, it's a different. People love bringing up the whole WWE did Playboy, different era, different. Like, literally, it was the Attitude Era when all of this was going on, or at the tail end of the Attitude Era. If you want to talk about like the Tory Wilson and Sable stuff, right? Um, or yes. the uh, whomever. Uh, but like the Christy Hemi stuff, right? Like, but it's it's just a different era, right? Like, this is they're a publicly traded company that has an image to maintain and. You know, having someone, quote unquote, under contract, whatever you want to say about that, kind of doing stuff, right? You, you have to be careful before you get that phone call from sponsors. And then... And maybe you know, maybe they did. There's there's so many reports about stuff, right? Like, the fact that one report, met, like, by name mentioned Mattel, right? Again. Exactly right. Yeah, that's you, that's you a major sponsor. You don't know, and I'm not. I don't want to speculate. I'm just saying, right? Um, but the one thing that is bothering me about this entire situation is the fact that there is a corner, a a, a, a I call it the uh, the Brooks Jensen corner of the internet wrestling community, <laughs> where these people are literally trashing Roxanne Perez. I don't understand that, and I don't even want to get into that. Like that's absurd, and those people need to be stopped. But I, I if you wanted to be a devil's advocate in in a, in a real way, I think there is there is something to be said for like, well, Lacey Evans can tweet nonsense about autistic people. People in this company can do like Matt Riddle can. There's there's accusations about Matt Riddle up that's and not down. Even go there. 
let's not even go there. You can do all this shit in WWE and keep your job, but heaven forbid you make some money showing pictures of your arse. Then you're fucking fired, Boris. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's a little that's a little bit of a weird double that's standard. Corporate, but that's corporate America for you. The hypocrisy yeah. and, and double yeah. standards in corporate America in general. There you go. There yeah. you go, right? What a world to live in, buddy. What a world we live in. Apollo Crews makes his entrance to the Performance Center ring in street clothes. He congratulated Roxanne Perez for becoming the new women's champion. Apollo talked about how he thought he was coming out of deadline as champion, too. He talked about coming back to NXT to get that title, which slipped away several times. Crews said he understands that he's been knocked down the ladder, but he's not out of championship contention. Apollo hypes up uh, NXT going back on the road for Vengeance Day. That's when our boy... Carmelo Hayes makes his entrance to interrupt. Hayes talked about how he's actually the next in line, not Apollo. Hayes talked about how he doesn't mind adding Apollo to his list of defeated opponents. Cruz hyped up Melo for being great, which drew a Melo chant, which I'm going to pause for a second. Dude, I take back everything I said last week. Turn this guy face ASAP. You're leaving money on the table in merch sales. I'm glad to hear you say that, buddy. I do think it's time. That's what it is. Like, the crowd is getting behind this man organically, so you got to pull trigger. Yep. Cruz talked about how Melo has nice drip and is the top of the NXT depth chart. Apollo said that Melo is missing one thing. Melo cut in and said that Apollo doesn't have the championship either. Apollo got in Melo's face and said no matter how good you are, there's always someone better. Apollo said that someday he'll show Melo that he's better than Melo. Uh, Mello and Apollo jot off to end the segment. Yeah, I, I really like this. I thought uh, Apollo, quite frankly, did better than I was expecting and better than he usually does, and he's improving on the microphone a lot. Mello is almost as good a promo as he is a wrestler. Mello's a star. He's ready to go. This was good stuff. Very, very good promo, and I'm, I'm excited to see the match. Oh, the show cuts to Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. Pretty Deadly showed up with a stack of Christmas gifts. Kofi said if they got all the WWE memorabilia they requested, they can get a tag team title shot. They said they couldn't get all the gifts. Wood said they can't get a title shot then. Prince wanted to do the Pledge of Allegiance this time. New Day did their signature hip swivel thingy and left. Pretty Deadly looked disappointed. I didn't have a chance to name some of the things that they were looking for, but they were absolutely ridiculous and amazing and amazing Easter eggs for longtime WWE fans. Yeah, go back and watch. Uh, go back and watch this promo. A lot of fun. There was one one thing they said was, uh, "Oh, so you actually got the honky tonk man?" And Kofi Casey was like, "No, no, Woods, I told you they can't." get a man that's kidnapping they can't just get the honky dog man i laughed at that joke and the piece of memorabilia they couldn't find was nails's jumpsuit boris that's it that's it. <laughs> uh, I, I think it was prince was like we couldn't find his jumpsuit i think nails is still in jail <laughs> which is absolutely hilarious this is a lot of fun as a promo my only slight problem with this is the new day are the heels in this absolutely they've been dicks the entire time to pretty deadly new day are the bad guys in this situation having said that the rock was a dick all the time hulk hogan was a dick all the time stone cold steve austin stunned women uh both on camera and off so uh <laughs> 
shouldn't have said that. Anyway, uh, uh, sometimes baby faces are dicks is what I'm saying, Boris. Let's move on immediately forever. Hulk Hogan cheated a lot. Like, he cheated. He, how many times <laughs> did Hulk Hogan use chairs? All the time. Right? He threw, he threw fire at men when he was a baby face. <laughs> Alba, oh, great setup, and I wish I had a better line. Speaking of fire, <laughs> Alba Fire was heading to the ring, or as I'm going to start calling her, the ultimate Alba. Uh, she heads to the ring, and then she was <laughs> sprayed by Mama Shango's poison mist when Isla showed up out of nowhere. A crew member called for a medic. Yes, uh, poison dust. This was red powder, not red mist. Important distinction, Boris. We gotta, we gotta present the facts here on NXT Talk. The mist. I'm, I'm the stickler today. The mist clearly lasts longer than the dust. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, the the, the dust hurt, but Alba was cleared in in twenty minutes. So I feel like I feel like a good great mood of misting would put you out of action for like a like a day or two. Yep, just ask uh, uh, Great Ocon. <laughs> yeah, it's so awesome. Great Ocon selling the Muda Mist is like my favorite gag in wrestling. Great Ocon is honestly one of the best things in wrestling today. That's that's British heavyweight champion Great yes. Ocon, I'll have you know. Yeah. All right, footage was shown of Odyssey Jones, Idris Anofi, and Malik played trying to invite Ava Rain to party with them. Rain talked about how they should stop trying to fill the void in their lives with temporary pleasure. Gacy, Reed, and Fowler showed up and said some of their usual rhetoric, and the schism walked away. Dude, schism, complete 180, really digging them right now. 100%, and Ava Rain has some personality. She uh, was resuscitating scripted lines here, but she actually did a good job with it. So that, that, was, uh, that was a plus. Nice little promo here. I kind of really, oh, I just hurt my shoulder so badly there. I kind of really, dude, I was scratching my back and my shoulder <laughs> like popped out. And you just, you just threw out a shoulder. Oh no, homie. Um, the schism shirts really like them. Yeah, I could, I, I could maybe rock that uh, to a wrestling show, not in public. <laughs> I'll rock it anywhere. Booker and Joseph checked in from the commentary table. Joseph sent the show to Alba Fire, who was being checked on by a medic. Grayson Waller does what Grayson Waller does best, and that is be a dick. He's walking around looking for Braun Breaker, distracting the medic, pissing off Fire. Uh, but Fire was selling the burning eyes. The burning eyes. Because she's Alba Fire, so her eyes were burning. And she told Waller to go away. Yes, and then she was cleared to compete by the head trainer. She is okay to wrestle. Yep. All right. Vic Joseph plugged Undertaker one-man show. And the only reason I'm saying this is because of this. Booker joked about being part of the wrestler's court. Um, you know, and, and, and they kind of had a laugh about that. Yeah, that's funny. Was it uh, Jake Alenar? Someone on our board recently, I think it was, it was Jake, Jake, posted that he, yeah, he would have loved to have seen Wrestler's Court. That could be a fun idea for like a show, even a, a sketch on like YouTube or something, like a running SNL style sketch. Wrestler's yep. Court. 
entrances for the next match took place. Victor, oh no, I already did that. Indy Hartwell versus Electra Lopez was next. Lopez with a cool new theme song, cool new gear, cool new everything. Same old Lopez in the ring. Yeah, this was Electra Lopez versus Indy Hartwell, but it was like two minutes max, two and a half maybe. And Lopez got, uh, like you said, new entrance, new gear, new gimmick in that she's got the power of the punch. Boris William Regal influence continuing to just peek through here in NXT. A brass knuckles victory by Electra Lopez. Yep, and that happened in three minutes, 35 seconds. Nothing else to oh, say about this match. How do you rate it? Yeah, so yeah, the finish is uh, the old Macho Man Savage Tito Santana finish. Uh, Indy Santana picks up Electro Man Savage for a back suplex, and Lopez decks Indy with the brass knuckles. One, two, three, puts it in her bra, just like Macho Man Savage did. We're going two Festivuses, two Seinfeld the Strikes out of five. I count it as a Christmas episode. Okay, I got to ask you this. So as this was happening live and Electra Lopez like was going through the turnbuckle, getting the brass knuckles out, Vic Joseph and Booker T were just like commentating like they didn't see anything. Then they showed the replay and they both acted stupid and said, oh, look, she actually did something. I liked it. She fooled the announcers straight up. I think she shoot fooled the announcers. So that's fine. I, I'm okay with it. They picked up on the story at the end. That's all that matters. I'm just saying, I, I just wanted to point that out. It was interesting. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. You right, think, the- yeah, I, I wonder, I wonder if it was, if it was like uh scripted that way, but I bet you straight up, they just didn't catch it. Yep. The doctor clears fire for her match against soul Rucka. Uh, as long as Fire thinks she's okay. I love how the wrestler has the final say in a medical situation like that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Very NFL-esque. <laughs> the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is with Wes Lee. She's talking to Wes Lee about defending his title against Tony D'Angelo next week. Lee talked about being a fighting champion and how, he, how he's going to go after the loudest talker in the division. He then talked about how Dijak would be next in line. Lee talked about how the title is not leaving his shoulder anytime soon. Good promo. Excited for the Tony D versus Wesley match. This achieved what it set out to do. I like Wesley's character, man. I really do. Maybe I'm the only one, but uh, I, I think he's great. Oh, I like him too. All right. <laughs> as he says through as he says through a yawn no i just wanted to leave that out there i just wanted to let that hang out there i i know everyone everyone thinks Wes- wesley is great in the ring because he is you'd have to be blind not to think that but i also think he's great out of the ring I, I really like his character entrances for the next match took place vic joseph and booker t talked about how soul has gained a lot of popularity recently due to her insane looking finisher uh, Fire was on the apron during her entrance, and she was dragged down by my girl, Isla Dawn, who beat her up at ringside. Dawn trapped Fire's arm in the steel steps and smashed it with Fire's bat. Dawn walked away laughing. The arena started glitching, as did I, uh, during <laughs> Dawn's exit. Yes, yeah, Isla Dawn wearing the bodysuit to end all bodysuits, something out of the Sable 1999 catalog here. <laughs> I was uh, I was blushing at the end of this segment. But yeah, they actually, uh, when Sol Ruka was making her uh, entrance, they actually referred to her new finisher as the Soul Stealer. 
That's awesome. Soul Ruka with the Soul Stealer. I love it. But yeah, this was uh, a memorable segment, if for no other reason than Isla Dawn's bodysuit by God JR. The show cut to a Christmas party at Chase U. The students lined up to give Andre baked goods. Chase cursed out one student for giving him a fruitcake, claiming he's allergic to fruitcake. Duke Hudson forgot a gift, stole a gift from another student, sending the student to the principal's office slash deans. Um, Shane Douglas showed up somehow. Uh, that would have been hilarious. Hudson took credit for the plaque. Hale and Chase hugged Hudson for the gift. Hudson flashed a sinister smile at the camera. <laughs> Dean Douglas, uh, TNA backstage interviewer extraordinaire. Yep. Uh, yep. No, actually, I'm I'm quite glad that we didn't see Shane Douglas. No, I, I don't know. Shane Douglas is all right. He's fine. I feel like he got too much hate in his career for uh, being a tryhard. That's how I would describe Shane Douglas. He's a real tryhard, you know? Eh, we know some tryhards in our lives. The hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is with Briggs, Jensen, and Henley. Briggs said he's still worried about Henley's bar, but excited for the tag team title shot against the New Day. Kiana James and the busty secretary show up. James wished Jensen luck, which caused Jensen to squirm a little bit as Mackenzie sends the show to commercial. Boris, she has a name. It's xhamster.com's presenting GG, I believe. I believe it's uh, GG. Uh, anyway, yeah, so the highlight of this segment was... Uh, the sweet Terry Gordy shirt yes. that Brooks Jensen had. That was awesome. Bam, bam, Terry Gordy. Best thing Brooks Jensen has ever done in his career. And probably the best thing he will ever do in his career. <laughs> That's harsh, but uh, I can't argue it one iota. Did you see what he did to, <laughs> to Kofi? <laughs> oh, Lordy. Okay. The show cuts to footage from earlier today with Drew Gulak sparring with a developmental wrestler. Hank Walker, a.k.a. Wheeler Yuta, shows up, introduced himself <laughs> to Mr. Gulak. Drew said to call him Drew. Walker talked about how Gulak watched him during his match recently and wondered if Gulak saw anything Walker can, promove, can improve on. Gulak said he likes Walker's eagerness. Gulak then invited Walker to his in-ring training session next week to watch and learn. Hank thanked Gulak for the opportunity. So yeah, Gulak is like a regal Moxley hybrid, and we have Walker Yuta, <laughs> Hank Walker Yuta. I love it. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, the, the Philadelphia Combat Club, Combat Club is strong. <laughs> also, ah, the Philadelphia Combat Club, so good. Also, Timothy Thatcher's catches catch can um, segments yeah. from the Black and Gold era. Yes, yeah, he's basically, Gulak is basically the exact copy of Timothy Thatcher. It's a great call. Entrances for the tag team title match happen. Vic Joseph continues to tease Booker for hating New Day. Booker claims that he's mad at Big E because Big E tried to steal his can you dig a catchphrase. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, Booker T has no time for these ridiculous goofballs. It's really hilarious. Uh, Booker T is... Uh, the best when he cares when he's mailing it in he's really bad but when he has something he's invested in he's pretty good he's good in main event matches and he's good when the new day's out there because he hates the new day yep, it's so funny it's so funny just because like booker was literally a part of their five-time tag team championship coronation after SummerSlam 2019 which happened here in toronto 
Nice. I was going to say, how in God's name, but do you remember that? But it's because you were there. You saw it. Yep. New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods versus Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen with Fallon Henley for the NXT Tag Team Championships. And I misspoke. It happened the year before. Didn't happen in Toronto, but they did the celebration on the SmackDown in Toronto. Please continue. Or I should continue. (laughs) This was a good match. Nice. Well done. Well done. Good job. No, this was a good match. Yet again, another good match on this NXT show. Josh Briggs almost killed Kofi Kingston with a moonsault. Good Lord. Got to work on that a little bit, Joshy Washy. Uh, he also clo- clotheslined the shit out of Xavier Woods' head, but uh, it's still like a good, hard-hitting match. The New Day made these guys look very, very good in defeat. Booker in this match was just pure gold. So they showed Kiana James and her busty secretary in the crowd, and Booker called her a haughty biscotti. <laughs> uh, I, I believe that's her official name, haughty biscotti. <laughs> Sponsored by xhamster.com. <laughs> oh, my God. Kofi took out Jensen with a crossbody and hit Jensen with a boom drop. Uh, Jensen blocked a trouble in paradise. Kofi hit Jensen with an SOS. Later on in the match, he got uh, Briggs hit Kofi with a big boot to give Jensen a two count. Jensen knocked Woods off the apron. Kofi caught Jensen with a right hand. Briggs punched down Kofi and hit Kofi with an amazing looking moonsault for a two count. I say amazing because he almost killed It looked great. He's a huge guy, delivered a beautiful moonsault that landed directly on Kofi Kingston's face. Just directly on this man's head. Yeah, Woods knocked Jensen off the apron to block a doomsday device. Kofi hit Briggs with a trouble in paradise. Woods hits Briggs with a coast-to-coast limit break, a tightrope elbow drop for the win in 11 minutes, 10 seconds. Code of Honor is adhered to as everyone shakes everyone's (laughs) hand. Love it. Good call. This has to be the best Briggs and Jensen match. I think it's their best match. Maybe the one in NXT UK where they won the titles was a little better, but I think I think this is probably better. Yeah, New Day deserve an award for this one. Yeah, big time, big time. New Day have had really good to great matches with Pretty Deadly and now the Incel Express. So we're going to go three and three quarter Frosty Returnses. That's the special from 1995 with the summer, the summer wheeze or breeze or whatever the spray is that gets the snow to go away, removes the snow. Did you know that they made a sequel to the little drummer boy? What? No, I've never seen that. I was flipping through the channels one night and yeah, little drummer boy part two was on. I'm like, what? Little, little drummer boy part two, little summer boy. And it's just him surfing with Saul Ruka. Electric boogaloo. (laughs) <laughs> i love it i love it the little summer boy and he's just absolutely crushing puss on the beach what is this episode we're doing right now what are we talking about what is wrong with you like <laughs> i'm fired up this morning boris i'm on vacation buddy <laughs> stacks lorenzo was in the hallway oh i love that this made me laugh because he's practicing how he's gonna confront Dijak. Because uh, he obviously doesn't want to piss off Tony D'Angelo. But that the running joke was that you, you knew, but you didn't know that Dijak wasn't there. He was actually outside of his uh, locker room. Stax entered Dijak's room. Um, and then Grayson Waller talks about how he's heading to the ring. Then we get a New Year's countdown vignette with the unseen blondie. 
who is definitely. I don't, definitely, know, why, uh, I don't yeah. know why I said it that way. <laughs> well, she is she is unseen blondie, but it is it is Tiffany Stratton. I think we're supposed to believe. Longtime fans will note. Uh, yeah, going back to the stacks thing. So he's working up the courage to confront Donovan Dijak. He's outside of his his dressing room. Like you you see him giving the speech, and then like you said, you kind of knew where it was going. It pulls out, and he's not actually in the room yet. He's beside his dressing room door, about to enter. I think it would have been funny if they put another little twist on the gag and they pulled out again and Dijak was actually behind him and he heard it the whole time. That's how I would have shot that. I think that would have been pretty funny and it would have achieved the same effect. Like he, you know, still said the words to Dijak. So that's what I would have done there, Boris. Just a little note for you, Sean Michaels. Uh, feel free to hire me immediately. <laughs> we got the TMZ interviewer catches up with the Creed's Nyland Paxley. The Creed's uh, congratulated Nyland Paxley for their effort. Indus sure showed up to confront the Creed's. Julius invited Veer and Sanga to watch his match against JD McDonough to see that he's ready for a match against Indus sure. I don't. I, this is officially where they lost me. I don't understand this twist in the story. Just put the tag teams in the ring, please, and thank you. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, yeah, I, I, I just they're they're at this point they're just killing time. They're just killing time to get to the match. I get I they taped a couple episodes. Maybe they're gonna main event the next live NXT with it. Who knows? But let's get to it. It's it's time. We are ready. Yeah, I agreed. It it's just dragging. It's just dragging. Kind of like I'm dragging this while I'm uh texting someone. <laughs> I saw that. You want me to take over here? Because I believe we're at the final thing, right? The main event. Yeah, we're on the main event. All right. Well, Grayson Waller comes out to the ring. He uh, calls out Braun Breaker knowing that Braun Breaker isn't actually there. So he cuts a classic heel promo. He's going to be the greatest NXT champion of all time. He's this. He's that. He's the best. We all know it. And then honk, honk, honk. Something actually pulls up to the arena. Oh, no. Braun Breaker is here. He has arrived to work barely with five minutes left to go in the show. Yeah. Lucky guy. Kind of like yes, I sir. Did so, just there. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that. You, you really broke in. That was great. Uh, yeah, so you know, we talked about this off the top of the show, but basically you've seen this before. In 1999, WCW Nitro, Breaker hits the ring, ducks a clothesline, spears Grayson Waller, and is unconscious, lifeless on top of his body. Grayson Waller recovers, selling injured ribs, but pulls out a metal plate, which is dented, uh, kind of strapped to like a bulletproof vest or something. It was a pretty elaborate little setup he had here. And uh, he cuts uh, he cuts a promo selling his ribs, saying that he outsmarted Breaker once. He now outsmarted Breaker twice. And at uh, Vengeance Day it is, he is going, no, at New Year's Evil, my bad. Sorry, at New Year's Evil, he's going to outsmart him a third time and take the NXT championship, Boris. That was the show. That's all, folks. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, basically what it. Is I, wrong I like with I, us this week. I don't know, man. We're pretty fired up. I think we're. I, I this Riverside. It's got us feeling feeling a, a new kind of way, you know. But no, no, Some I like would say it. Say a river. Side. I don't know what I'm going. For. No, just a miss. Just a just a swing and a miss. But hey, you got to take that bat, buddy. You got to swing that bat. Uh, I like the segment. I hope that they change the title. I'm ready. Grayson Waller needs to be the champion of this brand. Agreed. 100% it's time for the Waller era to begin. So as we do every week, we have the WWE digital exclusives, and there is one with the women's tag team champions. Let's get to it. 
Congratulations. Oh, shit. I fucked up. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm, you know what? I'm not going to edit this. Let me just rewind. We can we can vamp for a second. All right. Give me one second. No. Do you ready. want me to? No. Okay. We're good. Okay. I'm not editing this out. This is still the show. No, don't. <laughs> That's fine. I was going to say. I was going to ask if you wanted me to do my three stars, but we'll do that after this promo. The Mets sign Correa. Yeah, that we got to talk about that on BAM, the whole Giants-Mets debacle there where Correa is now going to the New York Mets instead of the San Francisco Giants. All right. Let us go to the WWE digital exclusive with the NXT tag team, women's tag team champions. Caden, Katana. Congratulations on retaining oh the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship against not only Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley, but also Toxic Attraction. So what's next? We say this all the time. No matter what anyone throws at us, we're going to continue to be innovative and build our legacy. That's right. And we beat two really tough teams tonight. And we just proved that no matter what it is, we're going to stay at the top. These titles are right where they belong, and they're not going anywhere. Nope. <laughs> Thank you so much, ladies. And once again, congratulations. Thank you. Now we can go party. Ooh, finally. That was a big one. Grab a drink. I'm tired. Let's go. Will they meet up with Oromensa? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, they're all going clubbing. That's a, that's indeed what's going to happen. That was a fun little promo. They're they're figuring it out on the microphone. Yeah. That, developmental. 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 Yeah, dog. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's the only exclusive from uh, from this week's NXT show. Uh, so let us get to the three stars before I continue fucking up this show. <laughs> All right. Well, the third star of this episode, Isla Dawn. She laid out Alba Fire. She's spooky. And I got to be honest with you, what I'm going to remember the most is the bodysuit. I don't mean to be crude, but let's just call a spade a spade. Uh, 10 out of 10 uh, gear on this episode. But yeah, Isla Dawn, third star of this episode. She is pushed strongly. She is Mama Shango. What's interesting about Isla Dawn is that in NXT UK, she was kind of like at a weird level, like. She was essentially just above a jobber, right? She was essentially used as a developmental to get people's foot in the door. Um, so a gatekeeper. That exactly. That's exactly what she was. So her getting the push that she's getting, number one, well-deserved. Number two, excellent stuff. And number three, let's keep it going. Uh, yes, uh, let's keep it going to star number two, the second star on the show, Grayson Waller, all over the the show ton of fun pulled the bret hart scheme gotta love it so yeah grayson waller showed me a lot on this episode but he shows me a lot every week i, I love this guy yeah he does yeah he does <laughs> all right and the first star of this episode carmelo hayes he had a, a, a really fun opening match with axiom cut a really good promo outshone apollo on the microphone this guy is excellent this this mellow he's money and i think he is the first star of our episode today a strong episode of nxt this is one that's worth watching oh yeah it really was i i honestly enjoyed it big time big time just like this theme as we start closing the show um yeah dude it's it's this week i'm telling you it's, there's something in the water there's something in the air this week maybe it's Christmas. <laughs> yeah maybe we're it's simply a having a wonderful christmas time boris that's what it is big homie that's honestly what it is i feel happy i feel great honestly from the bottom of my heart thank you for listening week after week uh you know it means a lot to to us uh, we'll be back 
next week as we chat more NXT and other stuff like Level Up, like Main Event, like Random Facts, and what not. Yeah, dog. Best of 2022 is coming at you this Sunday as a podcast and on the radio. And the next week, it's the worst of, which is always a hoot nanny. He's mad. Uh, can't, can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Sorry. I'm just going to keep interrupting you. Go. He's Matt. <laughs> Until next time, stay tranquilo. So that's Christmas Day, best of New Year's Eve, worst of New Year's Day, top 122 of 2022. Back out, back out. Thank you all for listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>